You've heard a, a couple of those today in the readings that, you know, he would be Emmanuel, that God who is with us. We, we have further on in the book of Isaiah chapter 9 where it says he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty, Almighty God, Everlasting Father, Unchanging, and that one who is our Prince of Peace. In the world you and I live in, and at times in our own lives, those are characteristics, traits of our very God that we need to again be reminded of and hold on to and cling to. Because it seems like so much else in life just changes before our very eyes. It was uh, September 13, 2006, when everything uh, began to just fall apart. What was, was no more. That's when the, the bottom fell out and everything was undone. Which was quite a contrast to what had happened on March 13, 1930, when it was identified, established, and named because then it was revealed and received with great fanfare, great celebration, even fireworks around the world when Pluto was discovered. But everything began to change on September 13, 2006. That's when the uh, International Astronomical Union met in Prague and they decided that Pluto was no longer a planet. Pluto was demoted. Pluto was dismissed. Pluto hmm, was rejected. Pluto was now officially called an asteroid. Asteroid number 134340. You all got that? No test, don't worry. But what was, was now no more. One minute, Pluto was a planet. Another minute, Pluto was no longer a planet. Demoted, devalued, dismissed, rejected, hosed, put off the team, however you wanted to describe it, and the world was actually quite upset. What? <laughs> I know the names of the planets. How could it no longer be a planet? It has been all these years. But it was no more. You know, um, that was such a big deal in 2006 that you know uh, the top new word of 2006 was Plutoed. Pluto, a noun, became Pluto, the verb. <laughs> Plutoed. I think you and I know what that's all about, don't we? We've been there. We've been demoted. We've been kicked off the team. We've been rejected. We've been dismissed. We look at our lives and we see at times, you know, we're the wrong size, the wrong height, the wrong color. We came from the wrong neighborhood. We had the wrong parents. We went to the wrong school. We don't have the right stuff for that job, that role, that position. We know what it's like to be Plutoed. 
And people get Plutoed by bosses and friends and family. It still happens today. Well, today we are focusing upon the incarnation of God. God is with us in Christ. Incarnate in the flesh. God came to be with His people here in this world as one of us. That's what John is telling us, or basically it's shorthand for John 1.14, which was read, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And you know why? He did it for Plutoed people. <laughs> for we went from being, you know, God's pinnacle of His creation, His children, His beloved, His perfect people, to falling in sin, and we were kicked out of the garden. And we live or lived at that point outside of His grace. He came into the flesh for Plutoed people. And my friends, John describes these kind of people throughout his gospel. How about the Samaritan woman who was divorced five times? Hmm. How about the paralytic who was crippled for 38 years? How about Mary and Martha whose brother died? How about discouraged disciples? How about the man born blind? How about sheep without a shepherd? Rejected all of them. But John announces the incarnation that God is with us in Christ. And he came to be with us as Plutoed people. By now we should know uh, John 1 1. We've been in this series for four weeks. John 1 1, you know, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was. God. And here's the message. Our God is not silent. Our God speaks. Our God comes right into our world. Throughout the Old Testament, God's Word creates. God's Word directs. God's Word controls. In fact, the expression, the Word of the Lord it appears 261 times in the Old Testament. Don't worry, I didn't count. That's why you have things like concordances. But 261 times the Word of the Lord. But you know what? That's far more than a phrase. It's far more than a word. It's far more than an expression. The Word of the Lord, my friend, truly is about God becoming flesh. The creative, the powerful, the true, the living and enduring Word of the Lord became flesh. He came and became one of us. But in John's day, the Greeks and the Romans, they had a, a problem with this imagery because to them, the flesh was anything but that to be desired. What was important, what was most valuable, was that of the Spirit. And so this idea of God becoming flesh was an offense to them. 
flesh to them was worth nothing. No God in his right mind would ever deal with anything as degrading as human flesh. Yet, that's exactly what our God did. Jesus is not only one with the Father, Jesus is true God, Jesus is also one with you. Jesus is truly man. The Word, God the Son and God the Son of God, He became flesh. He got hungry. He slept. He drank. He had feelings. He had emotions. He hurt. He grieved. He wept. He knew loneliness. He knew rejection. He stepped right into our world. Not only that, but he knows our names and he feels our pain. Some get confused here and they begin to think somehow that he no longer was God. He became man alone, but he remained both God and man Hard for our minds to wrap around, but that is what truly uh, John is speaking here and writing here on behalf of the Lord. Christ here became what we are, flesh. He left His throne. He came down from heaven, and He came right into a messy sheep pen. Or let's describe it in our world. He came into the mess of our world. To the brokenness, the hate, the sorrow, the anger, the brokenness, the abused, the rejected, the dejected. He stepped right into the mess of our world. He left angels in heaven that sang, Holy, 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 to the angels here that pronounced it, and then he was pronounced by bewildered shepherds, lowly shepherds. And Jesus, lying there in the manger, he looked anything but like a god. With a red face and the cry of a healthy baby, but still the cry of a helpless child he was. Majesty in the midst of the world's harsh realities. Our God entered into this world on the floor of a stable through the womb of a a teenager. Our God. And swaddling clothes, no silk, no robe, He humbled Himself and became man. The Word became flesh. John drives home this point as he records the events of Jesus being tried before Pontius Pilate. There, if you remember, we have the account of Jesus being scourged, a leather whip with lead bits tied into the end of the leather at the end of that that would literally be designed to rip the flesh from the back of a man scourged. And do you remember what Pilate said after Jesus was beaten with those 39 lashings? Behold the man. Flesh. 
blood. The God who gets Plutoed is what we're talking about here. That's our God. Demoted, devalued, dismissed, despised, and left for dead. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word dwelt means to pitch a tent. And it comes from the Old Testament uh, concept that we first see when Moses, as the people were making their way to the promised land, built the tabernacle, a tent, for God to dwell in, to be with his people Israel as they made their journey to that promised land. And Solomon, he continued this when he built the temple for God to dwell among His people there in Jerusalem. He dwells with His people. Sometimes it's helpful to read other translations and here if you would go and read the Message Bible or that translation there, it doesn't use the word dwell. Here's what it says. It says, God moved into the neighborhood. Now think about that. God moved next door to you and to me. By living there in the midst of His people, God moves into our human neighborhood. And what kind of neighborhood is that? Let's look beyond the facades of the lawns and you know, the front of the house and you know, maybe even right now the decorations and everything else. And what does that neighborhood look like? That neighborhood? It is filled with places where we hurt each other with words and actions. Where we ignore each other's needs because we're too busy or we have our own agenda and no time our neighborhood is filled with mixed up and messed up people. Our neighborhood, well, where we carelessly Pluto people with accusations and condemnations. Yeah, our neighborhoods are filled with messed up and mixed up people. And how can I say that? Well, it's easy. Because I'm one of those messed up and mixed up people. I'm one of those that God moved into the neighborhood for. And in spite of all that, God still decided to move into the neighborhood. Into my neighborhood, your neighborhood, into my life and your life. Bette Midler had a song, I don't know, 25 or so years ago, maybe it's that long, called From a Distance, and these were the words. God is watching us. God is watching us. God is watching us from a distance. Does sometimes you feel that way? That he's far off? 
that he's unattainable, that he's really so preoccupied otherwise, he has no uh, concept or awareness of where we are, what we're going through, you know, what's happening in the neighborhood around us. Well, my friends, that concept that she sang and that at times strikes us in our lives, it's wrong. It's not true. We even confess who for us men and for our salvation came down. That's what we confess. That's what we believe. That's what the Scripture tells us. Jesus came down into our messed up neighborhoods to teach, to heal, to love. Jesus came down to forgive, to bleed, to suffer, and to die. Jesus came down to get Plutoed in our place to step in on our behalf. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. You. Me. Not just for the powerful, not just for the famous, not just for the pretty, not just for the popular, not just you know, for those in power. The Word dwelt among us. You and me. Him, her. They, us. The Word dwells among all His people. Too often, we get Plutoed and our world falls apart. This promise falls on deaf ears and our hardened hearts. We shrug our shoulders and say, so what? Who cares? It doesn't matter. I have no hope anyway. Please listen to this. Only Jesus delivers life to people who have been Plutoed. And he delivers life to us through his grace, his gift alone. True. Some may demote you. Some may dismiss you. Some may reject you. Satan may try to destroy you. But God claims you. God restores you. God loves you. How can I be sure of this? Because the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Restored. So I didn't get a chance to go pull it up on Google. You tell me if this is right. Because this year I have not been reading the paper like I normally do. I've not been able to watch near as much news as I do. Although sometimes I think that was a good thing in this year of election. But I was told that Pluto was restored this year. Right? Guess what? What a great ending. Rejected, demoted, and restored. But for you and I, the only way that that happens is through the one who is the Word made flesh, Jesus himself. Let's celebrate that restoration. Amen.